things can happen in free agency. Just look at the Eagles and the Chiefs, okay? Philadelphia, Javon Hargrave, Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury. Chiefs, Joe Tooney, Justin Reed, Jarek McKinnon, all key and core contributors to those teams making the Super Bowl. You can go back a little bit as well. So this is your primer ahead of Monday's chaos, fireworks, depending on if you're half glass full, half empty type of person. And we have a special guest on today's show. Some call him the overlord of the underdog NFL team, but his friends call him Toast. Toast, how you doing, brother? Fellas, I'm doing well. Uh, it's good to be here. This is my time of year. This is where we shine. So I've uh, been you know, patiently waiting for this moment, uh, but it'll be fun, man. The chaos is about to start, as you mentioned. There's going to be a lot of players moving around. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm excited. You're the first person to have your theme music on the show. How do you feel? <laughs> really? That's an honor. You know you what? It was common that. that I just chose theme music for everyone that hops on. I mean, it's got to be unique. For, for <laughs> it's, This is a UD thing here, so I'll take it. This is Hayden, when you have an overview and, and look at the big picture of this year's free agent class, what do you see just in general? It's deepest at the positions that aren't as valuable because you don't let your key players at good positions leave. You have to trade for those players and draft those players. That's why the wide receiver list is so bad and the running back list is so strong. I do want to give Sosa a ton of credit here. What's different about our tracker versus other trackers, it's giving you the exact detail of what position they play, left tackle versus right tackle, uh, left guard versus right guard, if it's a three-tech versus a nose tackle, slot corner versus a corner. Usually, we I see these trackers just lumped into what like general position they are. Football is about roles, and Sosa's got roles. In the right way. All right. I'm <laughs> with you that where this class is at its best, there's probably like running back and safety, most loaded spots, wide receiver, tackle, edge, like you're saying, Hayden, where teams trade up to draft these guys highly. Uh, they don't let them go to other teams. We're going to go through the skill position players first and then go through a bunch of other names, positions, so on and so forth after that. And maybe I've got a little, you know, treat, a little extra uh, player that I love. Let's call him the underdog of each position, huh? The one who's like falling through the right. cracks. Brand that a little bit. All right, so let's start with running back. Who's the headliner for you? Who, who stands out among the rest? Yeah, you know, uh, about a week ago, this was a lot more fun to look at, this list here. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of guys that, that we expected got franchise tagged. I mean, I, I think you got to look at Miles Sanders is probably the the headliner of the class right now. Definitely leaves a little bit to be desired. I, you know, he lacks some of that vision, always tries to bounce runs outside a little bit to that extent. And I think uh, the Eagles are probably going to play this wisely. They're going to go let him test his market. And I don't know that there's a lot of money out here for these guys, so... He's probably the most explosive player on this list. He's the guy that I think can tear, you know, take that 20-yard run and turn it into a 60-yard touchdown. That's sort of what I'm looking at when it comes to running backs. And then I think one more name that I really am intrigued by, I don't even know what to make of it at this point, is Rashad Penny. Uh, never healthy, right? He's never healthy. He's not going to have a big market, I don't think. But every time he's on the field, he just produces. He's been really, really productive. So uh, I'm kind of keying in on where he might land. Does he get like a one-year prove-it type of deal? really think someone could walk away with a pretty good player there. I have to completely agree with Rashad Penny. He had 4.2 yards after contact last year. Uh, and the year before that, he was it was even better than that. And by the way, that was leading the NFL. So to me, we're talking about committee backs. Go take a shot on Rashad Penny, pair him up with a rookie, and then see what happens with that. My other sleeper just here is Dalvin Cook because he is such a cut candidate. Uh, we also listed uh, in our tracker the cut candidates. Zeke Elliott's part of that. 
Cordero Patterson's uh, uh, someone that's an option as well. But really, I just think there's a lot of two down backs in this uh, free agency class. And then there's like a lot of potential starters, even going down like Damian Harris. Let's talk about a few of the headliners. You mentioned Miles Sanders there. You know, the old adage is never pay someone for what they've done in the past. Always look towards the future. And with Miles Sanders, he's probably not going to have the type of season with any other team that he goes to with what he just had with the Eagles. It was just the perfect environment to succeed. And it wasn't just behind a great offensive line. You also have to consider it was also from the standpoint of getting high value touches. Um, I mean, he had 26 carries inside the 10 yard line last season. That was tied with Jalen Hurts for the third most in the league. And he had eight touchdowns off of that. But even with that said, Hayden, it, it felt like at times the Eagles, while sure, maybe just from a team building standpoint, they always wanted a trio in the backfield. If one was like a clear cut top player, they probably would have given him more options. And I would say that Miles Sanders could never really grasp that complete trust. Yeah, it, they would sub him out uh, on passing situations, obviously. And then also later in the game, uh, they would give the ball to Boston Scott, I'm guessing for fumble concerns as well. So someone like Jamal Williams, I think is far more reliable. David Montgomery is more reliable. Um, I think Deonta Foreman, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, Samaj P. Ryan, certainly more reliable, but none of them run as fast as Miles right. Sanders. Uh, and I think if you are looking for just a, a early down outside zone, a uh, guy that can average 4.8 yards per carry. He is one of the guys in the class, but I don't think that he's head and shoulders above the rest of these guys. Like, I think there's a lot of guys worth taking flyers. Rashad Penny, Samaj P. Ryan, Damian Harris would be cheap guys that I would be all over. So, so I want to ask you about David Montgomery because I feel like just the football collective or maybe the bubble that we live in just universally, annually shits on David Montgomery. <laughs> um, David Montgomery's a legit good football player. Now, he's not going to be one who constantly reels off 20 to 30-yard runs. But in terms of this is the same player as he was back at Iowa State, uh, creating or forcing a missed tackle in a one-on-one -on -one environment, I personally, if I can play matchmaker here, would love David Montgomery to go to like the Buffalo Bills and pair in a one-two punch with James Cook. Like That would be my ideal outcome for DeMont. Yeah, you know what? I, I tend to agree. I think he's definitely one of the more unheralded players on this list, but he might have the highest floor out of anyone on this list, maybe outside of Jamal Williams. We know what Jamal Williams is, but uh, Montgomery's a guy that could do everything. I mean, he can run in between the tackles. He can bounce runs outside. Obviously, he can play on third down as well. Um, and he's proven, you know, over the course of his career that he can do it all to a relatively high level. Now, it doesn't have the ceiling probably that some of these other guys have, but uh, I really do like that landing spot too in Buffalo. I think that'd be fun. You get him off on third downs, get James Cook on, things like that. That'd be uh, that'd be an interesting landing spot. I do think um, I'm interested to see what kind of money is out there for a guy like that. He's proven, but at the same time, I mean, he's, he's proven in Chicago that he's a good player. Hayden, there's also some big-time touchdown scorers in the last two seasons on this list. From 2021, it was Damian Harris and how many touches he had near the goal line for the New England Patriots. Obviously, 2022 didn't go according to plan for him, but he's totally forgotten, not just in this running back class, but also drafting on underdog right now. But then the guy that I see like way down, so many of these free agent lists, if you look at NFL.com, if you look at PFF, if you look at Mike Clay's list at ESPN, Jamal Williams, is that just because... Again, the environment was so perfect for him last year where he had 45 carries inside of the 10-yard line and scored 15 touchdowns off of those that not only is it not going to be repeatable for the Lions, but it's going to be even worse if he goes elsewhere. 
he's also 28 and a lot of the other backs are 26 and like two years doesn't sound like a lot, but in running back years, that does tend to matter a little bit. Uh, I think that they already said that there's mutual interest in yeah. re-signing Jamal. So I think there maybe that's kind of like taking some of the buzz away. But I think Jamal's a good, reliable player on here. Going back to David Mon- Montgomery real quick is most of these guys are early down guys. You don't see a bunch of third down options. And I think that David Montgomery is one of the few guys that can play on third downs. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. A couple of names that uh, like, I don't think that Kareem Hunt's going to get all that money. He had a really bad s- season last year. He's 28 years old. Obviously we have the off field concerns with him. I'm not sure how much money he's going to get. Uh, same thing with Leonard Fournette. He was like the worst running back in yards after contact in the entire league last year. He's 28 years old. I'm not sure about his market. Um, and then the one kind of interesting guy is like Alexander Madison. Oh, yes. I, I think this, I think this can go either way though. I think we've been excited about him because the Vikings offense is so set up for fantasy running backs. And I'm not sure how excited the NFL is going to be about him because he doesn't have that much juice. I'll I'll be curious to see what he does. But in underdog fantasy right now, he's going ahead of Deonta Foreman, who I thought was much better than Alexander Madison last year. Damien Harris, I think, is much better than uh, Alexander Madison. So we'll see what happens with his market. Damien Harris is going to score touchdowns for someone next season. Like, I don't know if the Jaguars are going to be interested in spending money in free agency at at the running back spot, but he and Travis Etienne to me would be like the perfect one-two punch Mm -hmm. for them just to play a little match breaker. And yeah, you mentioned, I mean, I've been a big fan of Alexander Madison since he entered the league when he ever had the opportunity other than that first game to fill in for Dalvin Cook. He always produced, always produced. And then the other element, so, so that's interesting is the Eagles are losing two backs in free agency here, most likely from with Miles Sanders and then Boston Scott. And, you know, the third back they have on the roster is not someone that they've really, let's say, gravitated to in all scenarios or they would view as a lead back. Right. So very intrigued to see a team who has a dominant offensive line a dominant running game then leads into utilizing assets to refill their running back room. Right. Uh, I've looked at a couple of mock drafts. I definitely have seen a few Bijan Robinson to uh, Philly takes. I don't know that they're going to be a team that will you know be willing to do something like that. Definitely- Correct. Because Sosa, I think a big part of that is, as we'll get to, they're losing big names at other key positions. Corner. It's more difficult to get those guys in free agency. Correct. And they have Trey Sermon. oh man oh boston scott truly is though so so like probably if if you go down to the bottom third of lists out there for each position which i'm going to try to do for each of these groups uh is the name that really intrigues me because i think he has juice between the 20s and i think he can be successful inside of the 20s too I mean, every time he's played, he's been a good player. Uh, you know, I know why the NFL doesn't love a guy like that. He's like five seven, you know, a, a buck ninety. He's not. He doesn't have the size. He definitely can't hold up as a as a lead back. But you talk about a guy that's kind of a jitterbug. Get him out there in a Darren Sproles type of role, coming out of the backfield, using his speed, creating in the open field. I mean, he can definitely do that. I think he's a good player. I wouldn't be shocked to see him back in Philadelphia, to be honest with you. But uh, definitely not a guy that the NFL would hold in high regard. So, so Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, if they both get released here are they the above miles sanders and the rest of these guys or no i would say so yeah i i believe so uh dalvin probably the top guy and then uh mixing right behind him I, I think i would rank it that way hayden final question it's not just the eagles losing a bunch of players in their running back room the miami dolphins are losing all three uh jeff wilson for agent raheem mostert for agent and even miles gaskin for agent mm-hmm. pick one of these names and put them with the dolphins um 
I think they're going to definitely value some speed. I can see like Miles Sanders actually being a good fit there, but there's also guys like Jameer Gibbs and Devon A-Chain who are just all speed demons in the draft. I think would be highly intriguing uh, in the second and third round. Uh, they don't have a first round pick, so they can't go that route. So I think mix and match it. Um, I, I, obviously, they're going to value speed though. All right. Wide receiver time. Not as loaded as the running back room. Uh, some headliners just from ring the top of these lists. So it's uh, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard, Michael Hardman, talk me through this group. Yeah, as you as you mentioned, not exactly the uh, the the cream of the crop here uh, when we talk about receivers. And oddly enough, the draft again, a lot of people are saying very weak at this spot too. So probably not a good year to need a receiver. I will mention that it seems like Adam Thielen. There could be something happening here, and he's uh, potentially a guy that could vault to the near the top of this list. But when I look at this list, you know, I'm obviously uninspired. There's a lot of slot receivers at the top. Then you got Odell Beckham, the one guy that can kind of play inside outside. Uh, what is his health? That's a huge question mark for him, of course. Um, um, for me personally, if there's a guy that I kind of got circled that I'm looking at in terms of maybe he's got an expanded role to his next team, Nicole Hardman, I think is a guy that, uh, you know, he's drafted fairly high. I believe he was former second round pick obviously has world-class speed, uh, world-class speed. Can he be something more than a gadget style player? Can he be a vertical guy? Take the top off the field consistently? Uh, I'm not really sure, but he's the one guy that I think out of a lot of the names at the top that I think maybe has a little bit of untapped potential still. Yeah, we got, always got to remember that their draft position always follows you into free agency, even if the production doesn't match. Uh, so McCall Hardman has that ab- basically above all of these guys. Uh, the intriguing name to me, um, there's kind of two of them, is DJ Shark. He didn't have the best season last year because he was injured, and that has been a storyline throughout his career. But if you if he's your number three receiver and you're just running downfield routes with him, I think that's a good spot. And he can play in two wide receiver sets. A lot of these guys are uh, slot only options. He's 27 years old. Uh, that's still in the prime of his career. So I think DJ Shark would be interesting. And then like Al Mazard, I think can play on the outside as well. And Odell Beckham, those would be like the top guys on the perimeter. Shark was this close to having a spectacular start to last year. Uh, but Jared Goff and he just like weren't on the same page by one yard three feet, three yards at times, and just a bunch of big plays were left on the field at the start of last season. Um, But I don't think like when you go back and watch his game, especially in the context of this year's group, if he did anything to hurt himself last year, you know, like he will probably be more highly regarded despite not having as much production as his peak year in Jacksonville, Bill, more than he was, you know, this time last offseason. The Miko Hartman always drives me crazy. Always, because you look at the speed and you think like he's a vertical receiver and he's really not like in Kansas City. Let's just go back to 2021 when he was playing a ton. You know, he had 30 targets behind the line of scrimmage, 36 targets from zero to nine yards, then 10 targets, 10 to 19 yards, and then just 13, 20 plus yards down the field. Like I've always thought that Mecole was still learning how to play wide receiver at times. And he was never able to grasp that. And that meant he was never able to take like a full-time role in the chiefs offense and Sosa, but we know how dynamic and how important he was to Andy Reed inside the 20 in the red zone with just the lateral speed, the side to side speed that he brought with motion and, you know, different misdirection. Yeah. And that's part of what he brings to the table, right? I, I still tend to agree with you. I mean, can he be a full-time wide receiver? Is he a guy that's ever going to be a, a good or great route runner? Can he consistently take the top off the defense? Is he going to be a guy that's sort of just using a gadget-like role? 
I'm intrigued to see what his next stop may be. Oddly enough, if you can't break out in Kansas City, you would almost think that maybe it will never happen anywhere. Uh, but it is also telling that, you know, Kansas City does go out and make a trade for Kadarius Tony when they have a guy who's already filling that role. Probably not the best outlook for a guy like that, but definitely one of the guys I'm still looking at, yeah. There's a lot of guys in the NFL draft that do McCole Hardman type of things, or at least built like him. And I think that's going to make some of the bigger wide receivers in this class, uh, in this free agency class, more valuable. There's just not a bunch of first and second round wide receivers that are 6'2", could play in that X spot. So I'm just kind of curious, go back to DJ Shark. Corey Davis is a cut candidate. I think that he would be at the very top of the list for me as well, just because he could play that X spot. He can block. He can play in two wide receiver sets. And you look at both the draft and this free agency list is so many slot receivers. Uh, Josh, I'm going to guess if you, if you have a sleeper, I'm going to guess, is it Darius Slayton? Yeah. I mean, that's Darius Slayton. That, what, what an interesting dynamic Darius Slayton went through last year when last offseason during the summer, it felt like they wanted to trade him away for some random day three pick. And then he goes out there and makes a play every single week. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if the giants try to bring him back despite all that, because he knows the offense and they were obviously productive, he, he has big play potential inside him, and finding those in this free agency group is really difficult. Now, the antithesis of that, Hayden, is Jacoby Myers. Mm-hmm. I, Jacoby Myers, I think you know what you're going to get each and every week. Yet, where do you stack that up from like contract-wise across the NFL? Like, is Because he is so much more productive and still, let's say, in his window to be successful for this contract in this free agents class, is Jacoby Myers going to get like what Allen Robinson got last year with like fifteen and a half million dollars average per year? I I would think so. I think he like, can maybe not get Christian Kirk money, but I think he can get somewhere that's eighteen close. million just to, for reference. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be kind of his range here. Um, he's like the consensus top wide receiver now. I think a part of this conversation though uh, is the trades that can come down we have like deandre hopkins brandon cooks i think still the the buccaneers wide receivers they haven't done anything with their contract i think they're kind of interesting there's some other wide receivers that are going to be part of this class not via free agency but via uh trade Hmm. i think alan lazard will shock people too because he's played in the slot he's played outside just like Man, this is such a bad group. I mean, Lazard also can block too. Like, I, I think he's good at things that fantasy people don't give a shit about. And I think that yeah. he could like be a valuable starter for somebody. And so, so I don't know if this is totally fair, but just reading between the lines, what we heard from James Palmer just a couple, I think it was even yesterday, saying that, look, this is an opportunity or could have been an opportunity for the Chiefs to once again in back to back off seasons retool their wide receiver group. Yet they are most likely just going to bring back Juju Smith-Schuster or try to. And maybe that includes Justin Watson as well. And I think that kind of speaks to them saying, okay, we already know what we're going to get from, from Juju. And we take that over the rest of these wide receivers. That, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, that's the document to me. Yeah, and I think it almost makes sense, right? They've they've proven that they have a lot of various guys that can fill various roles in that offense, specifically in that receiver group. Uh, you talk about a Kadarius Tony, a Sky Moore probably going to have a bigger role next year. Um, I, I, they got a lot of bodies. They don't have the guy, I think, uh, but they got a lot of guys that could do a lot of different things. And so uh, Juju probably makes sense there. I think he probably would like to be back at this point too. And he might have a higher ceiling than some of these guys up there, right? We've seen him come off 1,400-yard seasons in the past. Feels like it happened forever ago. But uh, a guy that, I mean, if you want somebody who's going to plug and play in the slot, get tough yardage, you know, third and five, make things happen after the catch, he's probably your guy. And I think it would make sense for him to go back to Kansas City too. 
Hayden, play matchmaker. One of these free agents to one team. Oh, Other than Marquise Goodwin back to Seattle. Um, Could we squeeze DJ, DJ Shark onto the Chargers? <laughs> oh. I mean, I mean or it could be somebody, totally somebody cheaper, like Nelson Aguilar on the Chargers. I think like yeah. some cheap uh, just downfield threat. Let's, let's go there. All right, quarterback next. There's two clear names at the top. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett. Heck, maybe even go Jacoby Brissett than Jim Garoppolo. So, so what do you think? <laughs> I don't love this list either. I'm going to go with Jimmy G <laughs> as the top guy. Uh, he's obviously proven he's done more than everyone else on this list. And uh, it's kind of it's ugly. I mean, I think when we look at quarterbacks, we're probably looking more at the trade market right now. Aaron Rodgers, obviously a big one still laying around. Uh, is Lamar Jackson anything going to happen with him? Probably not, but definitely one we've got circled. Uh, Jimmy G, you know where you're getting with him. You sort of win, uh, you know, despite him, as opposed to being the reason that he wins or his team wins. So a very uninspiring list. I don't feel great about it. Uh, it seems like, you know, you might even see a guy like Baker Mayfield get a starting job again, which is kind of uh, sad. And I mean, Jameis Winston will probably be on here pretty soon, and maybe he's he's going to top the list too, so... Hey, interesting comment because there's a lot of overlap in the teams and the coaches that Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett have roots to. Okay. Mm. So, and let's even say decision makers across the league. So like, it sounds as if Jacoby Brissett is either headed for Las Vegas or he's headed for Houston with Nick Casario. Obviously Jacoby Brissett has a background with Josh McDaniels and he also has a background with, Nick Casario as well. Yeah. I mean, and both of those teams need a veteran at least. Um, for how bad the top of this uh, class is now that Derek Carr's been signed and et cetera, um, it's got a lot of depth like Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton, Gardner Minshew, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, even Mike White. Uh, there's a lot of guys that, like, if you were in a situation where you had to get a couple starts in, these guys are like probably the top end backups in the league. It's just weird that they all hit the market basically um, at the same exact time. I, I guess like the same, would you rather have Sam Darnold or like Jacoby Brissett? Like does Sam Darnold have a chance to be like a guy, maybe a little bit more like, I don't know. Okay. I feel like we're three minutes in this conversation and we have not brought up how good Jacoby Brissett was last year for the expectations that Jacoby Brissett had in front of him heading into last year, you know? Like he played really well for Kevin Spansky and it is objectively fair to say he outplayed Deshaun Watson once Watson took over. Now, is that because of the offense and his comfort level in it and obviously having the running game to support? Um, but I think Jacoby Brissett is the perfect quarterback to tie to whoever brings in Anthony Richardson or to tie in whatever rookie you want at the top because he has clear areas where he wins. His success in short yard situations has been notorious since like, I think it was the Miami Dolphin season he had as well. Um, like I know a bunch of these quarterbacks, as you said, have some starting experience like Sam Darwin in Carolina, but man, I would love like a Jacoby set CJ Stroud dynamic back in Carolina for this season. Yeah. I think it just kind of depends on what you, where your roster is. If you need to win a couple games or uh, teach a, a youngster, I would go Jacoby Brissett. If you are completely punting off a season, like the bucks, for example, I would like to try to go sign Sam Darnold. See if you can somehow hit the jackpot um, with it. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes, 
and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. And the other names, I mean, it's pretty amazing that where Gardner Minshew was during what his rookie season in Jacksonville and some of the hyperbole that was used to describe him and then going to Philadelphia and people really praising that move. And, you know, he had a couple starts here and there. Now he's on the open market and it's just like, no one gives a shit. I call him Brock Birdie. <laughs> oh, I, that might be a diss on Brock Birdie. Um, okay. Tight end time. This is one of the loaded positions. Now at the top, you, I think Sosa have two players who are wildly different in their styles and Dalton Schultz, who's been highly productive with the Dallas Cowboys as almost like a catch and fall type player. And then Mike Kosicki, who truthfully, so might belong more on the wide receiver list because he's been playing true slot snaps over the past two seasons. Yeah. So uh, we'll start with Schultz. You mentioned a catch and drop that that sounds exactly like Jason Witten. Dallas has a type apparently at tight end. So uh, Schultz, I mean, I, I think he's probably the most consistent player on this list. He's a guy that, you know exactly what you're getting out of him. I mean, he's tough. He's going to catch balls over the middle of the field. Not really going to do all that much after the catch. Um, and he's very limited, I would say, athletically to some extent. Whereas you mentioned, like, Gesicki, we don't really know what he is at this point in time. I mean, we know he's a receiver. He's definitely not going to put his hand in the dirt. He's not a traditional inline tight end. Uh, he's not going to get in a three-point stance. But he's a guy that can make all the catches. He's got insane athleticism. I mean, maybe the best athlete at tight end in the sport. I mean, he's one of for sure. Uh, and a guy that... There's definitely, I think, a lot more meat on the bone than Miami showed us. Uh, I'm very excited to see what kind of team might take a chance on a guy like that. But you have to know that he is definitely going to be a limited player to some extent. He's essentially a pseudo right, uh, wide receiver, just masquerading as a tight end. Yeah, I do not want to play the Austin Hooper big contract, Hunter Henry big contract game with Dalton Schultz. Like You can miss me with that. I think that would be one of the worst moves in free agency. Mike Gesicki, if he's going to get the Evan Ingram deal because he hasn't been all that productive and stuff. I think that's that's where I would dip my toes in the water. But it's comes they're down to totally price. different athletes to me. Like I mean, kind Evan of Evan Ingram can sink his hips and change direction. And to sure. me, Mike Gesicki is the most linear top end athlete I've ever seen. Like you, you know, body mechanics, Sosa. Mm -hmm. He runs in a straight line and can't turn. You know, he's the dude from D two Mighty Ducks who can go really fast and he and he can't stop. And that's why Mike Isicki has always given me such a hard time is because I think he has, he's so linear. He's so straight line. And because of that, I don't know if we're ever going to see a matched production for the athletic profile. And like you said, it's fair to say he's one of the most athletic tight ends in the league, 
but I don't think that matches necessarily what is successful in the league from team to team. Yeah, I mean, oddly enough, I can never get that spider web out of my head. The picture of his, it's just essentially the whole thing is filled up. Uh, and he had an insanely uh, fast time three cone. I mean, you're talking about 98th percentile, I think it was, which is weird because that would suggest that he should be able to get in and out really quick out of his breaks and things like that. But um I mean, if you need a vertical field stretcher down the middle of the field who can make insane catches, this is your guy. I think he could be utilized a lot in the red zone. Uh, that's definitely an area where you want to use a jump, a ball threat like that who's big and can get up and climb the ladder, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, th this one feels like, I don't know how much potential is there. I'm definitely intrigued to see him used a lot more, though, and in an offense that'll let him go downfield. Two sleepers, Juwan Johnson. He's going to be a restricted free agent. I think the Saints will bring him back. This dude's actually, I think, pretty good at the game. Uh, he is a kind of in that slot role, converted wide receiver. He's going way too late in the current best ball drafts, in my opinion. Uh, and then I think the name that we're all kind of circling here is Foster Moreau, 26 yep. years old. Not Wasn't supposed to ever be a guy, but he can play all three downs, has had some okay games and spot starts. I, I would call him a fringe starter. Um, but maybe on a second contract where he's not playing behind Darren Waller, there could be something more to him. Yeah, I've never talked about this on the show, but something that I've uncovered is, you know, tight ends on their second contracts and their second teams, I think, is like a cheat code for, for the development for the position. That's a joke for all of you longtime listeners. Look, I really think tight end is difficult for rookie contract players because you trying to master both offensive line responsibilities and pass game responsibilities. And we do see really so many tight ends hit their stride in their second contracts. And Foster Moreau is like the perfect example for me. Like he is the value of this group. Sure. The most production he has came from this season. It was 33 catches for 420 yards and two touchdowns. But you see about half his time in line, some other snaps in the slot to detach from the formation. And to me, he always looks comfortable. Like I just think he needs I know Irv Smith's going to get thrown out there. I'm still trying to figure out who Irv Smith is and what Irv Smith is as a player. But I feel like I do know what Foss Moreau is, and I think he can really, really blossom in his next stop. Yeah, Irv Smith, I think, is like 18 years old still somehow. He's <laughs> he's like the youngest guy on all of free agency. Um, Titans, I mean, it's really fascinating to me. And just to go back to Mike Gesicki, like why he probably does belong more in the wide receiver conversation, and who knows what the next team is going to do with him. Like back in 2021, in line, he played 99 snaps. In the slot, 453. And out wide, 252 snaps. This past season, obviously, with Mike McDaniel for the first time, that was 167 in line, 228 in the slot detached from the formation, and then 106 out wide. So he has way more wide receiver snaps and slot receiver snaps than he does in line snaps. Giants, they need uh, guys to win downfield a little bit. Dawson Knox and G Gesicki, not the craziest uh, comparison between them. And they have a ton of money. I think I like that fit. Is there one matchmaker, either from you, Sosa, or you, you Hayden, that you really like of this group, the tight end group too? And I think what kind of hurts them, Sosa, is this rookie year tight end class is loaded as well. So I'm sure a lot of these teams know that. And uh, maybe the tight end contracts go down a bit because of it. Do I sound all right? Yes. Okay. As you can see, I swapped mid midstream. It's in incredible, impeccable. I, I do agree. Yeah. I mean, there might not be a, a, as much money as they probably hope uh, on this market. The tight end class is loaded. We're talking about 
maybe four or five guys that could be drafted within like the first 45 picks. I mean, it's a really loaded class. Uh, in terms of these uh, names, I mean, Foster Moreau, you guys highlighted, definitely a very interesting one. I think Irv Smith is, is the one that I want to figure out here, right? This is a guy that's a lot, uh, a very talented player. He obviously lost last season. I believe it was to a torn Achilles. Um, very young, and, and he came out of college. I believe it was from Alabama, if I recall correctly. Yep. A good route runner. Like, this is a guy that can legitimately make plays, and he doesn't have, like, a huge size or, you know, skill set in terms of being, like, a true three-down guy. But I, I'm really intrigued to see if he can go somewhere and sort of rehab and get to the uh, t- some of the untapped potential that we've seen him coming out with from Alabama. So um, I think he's a nuanced route runner, and I want to see where he lands. I'm not really sure uh, if there's a spot that there's uh, at the top of my head that I got circled, but I really want to see what kind of game this guy has in the league. What always held me back from loving Irv Smith as much as other people is I thought he had an athletic tight end game without having the athleticism to match it. Like he was an average athlete, but probably needed to be a great athlete to win in the style that he did. All right. Yep. Hog mollies offensive line time. Let's just group them all in together because there are some big names. I mean, Orlando Brown was traded by the Ravens, the chiefs a couple years ago for a first round selection. Sure, it was like the final pick in the first round, but still, he played a bunch of left tackle. There's a lot of right tackles on this list. You can talk about Mike McGlinchey, Caleb McGarry. Heck, the Chiefs are losing both their offensive linemen on the bookends with Orlando Brown, and we'll see what they do with Andrew Wiley, who's 29 now. And then, obviously, you have your interior offensive line spots with like Dalton Reisner, Isaac Sayumalu at guard, and then at center, Ethan Posich, Garrett Bradbury, who's a former first-round pick coming out of NC State for the Vikings. What stands out to me is, like you said, their left tackle drop off from Orlando Brown down to like Taylor Lewan, who might not even like uh, play this year. Donovan Smith just got released. Uh, we'll see what what his market turns out. But like what, the Chiefs, like what's exactly is their plan here? Unless they think that they're going to be able to like trade up to get one of those first round left tackles. But that that was the thing that kind of stood out to me. The right tackle class looks fine to me, like all the way even down to Caleb McGarry and Andrew Wiley. Uh, the left tackle class. As, as we kind of threw out the beginning of the show, premier position, no one's basically available. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking at left tackle here. I don't know what the Chiefs are planning to do here. I think Orlando Brown's price is just going up every every day that passes here. The one guy that I'm really interested to see is Andre Dillard. I know he's a former first-round pick. I, this has to be a Josh guy. I know it has to be a Josh guy. Uh, came out with all the pass pro in the world, as they said, I think out of Wazoo, if I recall correctly. Uh, and teams have tried to trade for him for like two years now. Everyone wants to see what he looks like as an actual franchise left tackle. He struggled a little bit when he did get some playing time, and the Eagles never ultimately traded him because he was worth more to them than he was via uh, compensation, but I don't know. I want to see this guy in a full-time role. Is he going to get a chance to start somewhere, and if he does, he flashed a lot in college. I mean, you're talking about a guy that had a lot of ability in pass pro, so uh, probably one of the more unrefined gems that you really want to tap into i think when it comes to these left tackles andre dillard is the value on this list Uh, i agree he he is the only player that was selected in round one on the list hopefully all of you know this by now 447 or better shuttle at the nfl combine over the last 15 years those guys going to start 84 percent of their games he's the only first rounder to not hit Uh, he's only started nine of 43 games Uh, i think he is the perfect perfect Chiefs player to bring in Um, athleticism. And what we also find every single year, Hayden, is even if a guy played poorly somewhere before, 
maybe just a different style of like position coach in the league. Offensive line probably shoots the top for success as a whole. That's not to say that Jeff Stoutland isn't a good yeah, offensive line coach. That's an issue for him right here. He's probably the best offensive line coach now that obviously <laughs> New England doesn't have their their long-term best. Um, so that that's on him. But maybe it's just a change of scenery and maybe it's just playing more. There's something to that because going back to Washington State, this was with uh, Mike Leach and they basically ran the ball three times a game and they passed pro a billion times a game. So he's kind of this like softer player for lack of better word. Uh, maybe now that he's 28 years old and he's been in the league for a while, maybe some of that game plan, especially with the Eagles, I'm talking about like a, somebody that's going to be trying to run the ball in that scheme with his background wasn't exactly the best match and going to the Chiefs, more of a spread it out, dance around type of offense. Uh, maybe he is a good fit there. So yeah, I think we're all on the same page. We found uh, we found our guy. There's one more who's also on the list who played barely any snaps in the first six to seven seasons in his career, then popped up on the San Francisco 49ers as a 30-year-old and started 17 games at center. That is Jake Brindle from UCLA. Now, I don't know if Jake Brindle would certainly fit great athletes across the NFL or great teams across the NFL, but because of his athleticism, he's able to do exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants. And I wouldn't be surprised if he obviously goes back there because uh, they paid him so well, or they, they allowed him the opportunity to potentially get paid so well. Let's put it that way. Garrett Bradbury, highly athletic. Was he on your list here? No, he close absolutely to it? not. Uh, I don't know if he ran the shuttle at the combine. The issue with Garrett Bradbury is uh, he has no weight. Uh, in yeah. in his in his backside, and so power players just dominate him, and that has really popped up. Like I think Dexter Lawrence versus him this past season was just like a a no contest. So, <laughs> Air Bradbury though, like coming out of UNC was or NC State I should say was supposed to be that guy who zone blocking get to the edge. Obviously the Kubiaks were there, um, but it really hasn't panned out. Him. You can find interior offensive alignment free agency. That's like one of the positions. If you need one, go sign a couple guys to see what happens. And like Caleb McGarry is interesting. Also former first round pick. They also took Chris Lindstrom the same year with him at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, seems like more of a run blocker than everyone else. So we'll see. Like speaking of centers, you know, I, I would expect Bradley Bozeman to go straight back to the Carolina Panthers. It seems like they're trying to, um, work on that deal right now but yeah i mean one of or two of these guys are definitely going to go on and be you know starters for the next two or three seasons and again we'll repeat the position coach for offensive line is almost more important than who you sign sometimes because getting that front five to work in unison as we've seen in the best teams in recent years uh it's a big deal yep it's a big deal all right let's go to defense Let's stick with the big dudes there. Interior defensive line. So, so your overall thoughts, because I brought this conversation with Javon Hargrave, one of my favorite prospects ever coming out of South Carolina State, and he certainly headlines this group. As he does, Gravedigger. He's number one on this list. I think with all the other guys that have kind of been signed and whatnot, I think he might be the best uh, defender in this free agent class period. I mean, uh, he's he's dominated in two different systems now, two different teams, formerly of Pittsburgh, obviously, and then goes to Philadelphia. And I don't know how they re-sign him. I think his price tag is going to be absolutely massive. Had the third most pressures among all interior defensive linemen this past year when you look at uh, regular and postseason. 12 sacks this season. I mean, with Deron Payne off the market, Hargrave is likely going to get an absolutely massive deal. 
he's he's an absolute player he is so good uh incredible pass rusher and then the other name that i'm really really intrigued to see i loved him coming out of ohio state draymond jones um it's been a lot of talk that you know the broncos considered maybe franchise tagging him i think that makes some sense very small player he's not going to hold up well against the run but if you talk about a guy that has really good hand usage can get after the quarterback he's a legitimate interior pass rusher uh, he's the one guy that I'm really intrigued to see uh, if Denver's going to be able to cough up some dollars for him or if someone else is going to do it. But a guy that I think has been really, really good since he's come out of Ohio State. Name that kind of jumps out to me is Zach Allen. He's 26 years old. Had a pretty disruptive season out there. He's not a perfect player kind of a you gotta have the right system for him but uh, i thought he had a, a little more pass rushing juice than a lot of these other guys uh and certainly younger than like the 30 year olds on the list sheldon rankins who's on your list also starred last season at a really high level before his injury yeah i almost want to bridge this group with the edge rusher group because we see a bunch of players who work on the edge and then go the inside and arden key is one of those like arden key had an awesome season for the 49ers a couple of years ago, I believe then obviously got a one-year deal with the Jaguars and is almost that outside to inside. If you work in a NASCAR package to me, he's an awesome value because he really has coming out of LSU finally getting to this point, like started utilizing that length and working the angles and attacking the shoulders of offensive linemen to like get off the field in those third down situations. Like you are going to see the players that can pass rush of these two groups being the ones that get signed early and the run stoppers all the way until like after the draft stay out there in free agency because those guys can be replaced on a weekly basis. So, so correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but I'm seeing a bunch of like two down players, get them in, in a rotation here, not a bunch of like three down guys that are just going to hog up a bunch of snaps here. Some undersized players plus some older veterans out there. This isn't like, finding a starter that's going to play 800 snaps for you, get yourself 400 quality snaps in the right role and get out of there. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the edge rusher specifically, leaves a ton to be desired. I don't love the class. It seems like Leonard Floyd is probably going to get cut any day here now, which will, he pro- he might be the best uh, of these guys, to be quite honest with you, in terms of a thir- three down player. Um, Yannick Ngakwe, maybe the best player in terms of pass rusher, but you don't want him down, uh, you know, out there on passing or running downs. And then Marcus Davenport, the one that I'm also kind of intrigued by. I think he could be a three down player, former first round pick, great size. I mean, he's got all the length in the world, but uh, I mean, he just had a brutal season this past year. So I do agree. I don't see a ton of guys in terms of three down players, plug and play. Uh, And then another name like Josh mentioned, a guy that can kick inside. How about Brandon Graham, the veteran? I don't know if he leaves Philadelphia, but a guy that has inside-outside versatility. He's done it for a long time and coming off a really good season. I'll play some matchmaker here. John Kaminsky, um, awesome athlete coming out of a small school, uh, had played with Detroit this past season. I could see him going to like the Cleveland Browns who don't necessarily care about size that much. He's played a little bit on the edge, some on the interior as well. Um, and they're obviously probably going to lose Taven Bryan, who is maybe one of the most hit-or-miss athletes that we have seen recently. Let's Let's say Brandon Graham goes to Cleveland. Is uh, Jim Schwartz there, I believe? There's a little connection. I do like that one. Um, Just to bring it back to uh, the draft real quick, there's going to be multiple edge rushers. I thought that was one of the deeper positions in this draft. We're going to see a bunch of them fly off the board inside the top 20, so that could make this hit-and-miss market not as like uh, highly sought after. I'm I'm shocked you didn't want to bring up your dude, Rasheem Green, who did nothing with the Seattle Seahawks kind of hit his stride a little bit towards the end of the season with the Houston Texans. Uh, maybe someone I think at like 25 years of age 
this season can be that little pass rushing juice and gets a one-year deal, prove it somewhere. Uh, that's an interesting name for me. All right. Linebackers. There's a bunch of old dudes at the top and then one super young one. So veterans out there, Bobby Wagner, who mutually agreed to part ways with your Los Angeles Rams. Eric Kendricks just let go at what age 30, 31 now. Um, awesome player in the late 20s. Um, and then Levante David, one of my favorite prospects of all time. Better than his counterpart, let's say, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he's at 33. And then I mentioned that. And then you have Tremaine Edmonds all the way at number one overall, who was like 19 when he entered the league, 20 years old, <laughs> and now just 25, about to get paid. Absurd, yeah. I mean, this might be the deepest position, in my opinion. Uh, you're looking at a lot of really good players. Like you mentioned, they are a little bit older. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds is the gem of the class. He's going to get an absolute massive money bag. I mean, this guy's, uh, like you mentioned, been in the NFL for a long time already. He's hardly 25 years old. Uh, and I still think he leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of the down-to-down consistency, but he's like 6'5", 250. He's, if you could create a player, it would be Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker. He's got three-down versatility, uh, can play in coverage, can play against the run. He just needs a little bit more consistency, I think, coming out. But at the same time, I mean, this is a guy that's going to get paid regardless. Someone definitely thinks there's going to be, I think, some uh, untapped potential there. He could be, I mean, this is a pro bowler. He could be like the best linebacker in the sport. Some of the older names, I mean, Levante David, we all know he's a great player. Bobby Wagner, uh, Eric Kendricks, probably on his last wheels there. The one other one that I'm looking at is David Long. I think he's a little bit lesser known coming out of Tennessee here. Um, I don't know if he returns to Tennessee or not, but this guy, in my opinion, might be the best run stuffing linebacker in football. Of course, that is not a skill set that everyone's desiring uh, in 2023. But if you want a guy who's got really good vision, can read his keys, can uh, click and close and, and trigger downfield and ultimately stop the run, there was no linebacker with at least 100 run defense snaps that had a lower average depth of tackle. I mean, he was in his own world in terms of being able to stop the run. So uh, a really, really good football player. I'm with you guys. I, I would be nervous if I was the team giving uh, Tremaine Edmonds a huge bag. I think this is a position that you can kind of piecemeal together uh, with like a more depth at the position and get these guys in a little bit of a rotation. If you can find somebody like a uh, long, that's not super expensive, pair him with a, a guy that's a little bit better in space. And all of a sudden you have something. Yeah. Just to bring up something maybe for Tremaine Edmonds, Fourier Oluwakun coming or who went to the Jaguars last year from the Atlanta Falcons is getting paid $15 million a year. So that might be around that point for Tremaine Edmonds. I'm with you on David Long. Like he only played about half the season last year. If he played the full season and didn't get injured for the rest of it, um, I think his name would be higher up on a bunch of these lists. It's pretty fascinating though to see like Tremaine Edmonds at the top and then someone like Devin Bush, who I'm not advocating for, but you remember in his draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers traded an extra what first round pick to go up and 10 overall to get him. And then their fans immediately hated him. He was running in like the opposite <laughs> direction from the football at times. Um, Caden Ellis is also a really good athlete coming out of the New Orleans Saints. It's it's a and we've even heard some rumblings of Bobby Okariki coming out of the Indianapolis Colts, who's going to get a big time deal. So uh, and then I didn't even want to look over TJ Edwards, who's in your top five. TJ Edwards played the most snaps on the Philadelphia Eagles defense last year, and it feels like no one knows who he is. Yeah, uh, if I recall, he wasn't even drafted, um, yeah. but he's one of those like tough, hard-nosed guys, Wisconsin. You know, he's going to stop the run. He's going to stick his nose in the hole. Um, just a really solid football player. I don't know that he's got maybe some of the, the same ceiling as some of these other guys, Like, uh, but 
he just played on a Super Bowl roster. He was their lead linebacker, very consistent, very dependable player. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get a, a decent amount of money. I don't know that it'll be as much as Bobby Okariki, but um, a really good football player. I mean, I, I think he should deservedly land inside the top five. It's either Okariki or he uh, uh, told everyone that it's Okarake. Yes, I've heard that it's as well. One of the two. To see that. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby. Bobby O. Um, one final name, Quincy Williams, Quinn Williams' brother on the Jets. If anyone watched the Jets defense last year, it just played at a really high level, and now they have to do a whole bunch of replacements. Like on the edge, we didn't even bring up, like if they get Aaron Rodgers, Carl Lawson is probably having to get cut because they'll save about $15 million with that. Anyways, Quincy Williams, who was a high draft pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars, flies around the field because of his athleticism and lays the hammer on people. So, yeah. Good class. He might be the most violent player in the sport. Yeah. I mean, collisions for days. Well, let's then jump to maybe the safety class and talk about violence because uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson lives in that spot. Interesting dynamic for CGJ last year in that with the Saints, we all kind of knew him closer to the line of scrimmage in almost that nickel slot safety hybrid role. Then the Eagles pushed him on back and asked him to play deep safety, and it worked out really well for him. Yeah, uh, this one was hard for me to rank. I won't lie. It was a coin flip between uh, Gardner Johnson and Jesse Bateson. I don't know if it's CJ or Chauncey. I'm used to calling him Chauncey, too, when he came out uh, of college out of Florida there. I went with CJ uh, on top just because of the versatility. Like you mentioned, I mean, this is a guy that can play. There's nothing he can't play. He can play free safety. He's rangy enough to do it. Uh, He can play strong safety. He can kick down into the box, play pseudo linebacker. He can play nickel cornerback. I mean, there's literally nothing this guy can't do. And I think you felt his loss with with Philadelphia this past year when he got injured. That defense just didn't look the same, I think. And when he came back, you really feel his presence. I mean, he's got a quick trigger as well. Had a bunch of interceptions this season. You're talking about a really, really good football player. I'm still confused as to what the Saints were thinking when they basically gave him away for free. Uh, I'm curious to see what kind of money he's going to demand. I do think Jesse Bates will definitely get more money. And, you know, the NFL does love rangy free safeties. That's what he does best. But I think Gardner Johnson, man, what he brings to the table, there's really nothing this guy can't do. Change your entire defense of like just philosophy and identity like he immediately just one of those dudes uh jesse bates has been waiting to get to free agency forever it seems like uh finally is going to happen uh jordan poyer 32 years old uh he basically came out and said uh hey dolphins please sign me uh, i like your tax bracket situation down there um but yeah there's a there's a couple uh guys like john johnson uh juan thornhill who I know have had uh, good seasons in the past. Uh, they're both in 27, 28 years old. So there's some starters that definitely available here. Yeah, Thornhill was an awesome athlete coming out of Virginia. And this is a interesting spot where some of these guys might play that quote-unquote third safety role, not calling it big nickel, but sometimes they do work in nickel. But other times their teams do run these three safety looks. Like, here's a question. In 30 seconds, Sosa, tell me who Taylor Rapp is as a player. You know, because he's going to be on the top of a bunch of people's list at the spot other than Jesse Bates. Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of Taylor Rapp, I think he's a solid player. Uh, doesn't have the highest ceiling. I think he's got a very high floor. You definitely want him to play kind of like that middle of the field rat type of role near the line, line of scrimmage. I think that's where he's best at. Run and chase is what he really does well. Uh, he's very good in and out of breaks. 
The Rams even try to plug him in a slot corner at times. I don't love that role. I definitely don't think he's the best rangy player on the back end either. So if you need a guy that's sort of like a Deion Buchanan money linebacker, third down type of situation, you want to plug him in the middle of the defense, let him kind of roam and play some zone. Uh, I think that's his best role. All right. Cornerbacks. Uh, the Bucks are losing two bigger names, Jamel Dean, potentially Sean Murphy bunting, potentially. I'm not even going to say potentially uh, based on their cap status. They are going to lose these two <laughs> players. Obviously, James Bradbury is going to be at the top. James Bradbury was in this situation, but like last June when the Giants had to get under the cap, so they had to cut him. And then he signed like a one year whatever deal with the Eagles and everyone knew it was going to work out perfectly. And it worked out perfectly and then you have other names like byron murphy who tom pelissero just came out today and said might hover around 16 million dollars per season in free agency this offseason uh hayden any thoughts on this group yeah i would just say buyer beware on if you're changing schemes for some of these corners someone like jc jackson for example uh if your guy was was dominating in man coverage and you're gonna all of a sudden put him in a, in a different type of role i just think that you've got to make sure that the the scheme uh, definitely matters here. Uh, Marcus Peters, obviously he's like a huge name. He's 30 years old. Uh, maybe he's got, got a couple more times in the last couple years with his eyes peeking back. But I think that he still has uh, maybe one good year left, uh, probably on a contending team. All right. And obviously like slot corner is much different than outside corner. So I think someone like Jonathan Jones, who used to play slot corner, but then was forced to play on the outside, just, because of bodies and size and so on and so forth. He might be because he's coming off maybe a quote unquote down year might be someone that uh, teams target now moving forward. All right. Anything else that anyone wants to discuss about this? I have no kicker takes, no punter <laughs> takes, no long snapper takes, uh, no fullback yeah. takes with like Derek Watt and Michael. Those Burton could be interesting. Those could be kind of fun. And Jakob Janssen up there. Um, I mean, look, we saw how Alec Ingold and company changed the Miami Dolphins for a period of time last year. We had some fullback movement last all season. I, I will say the um, one new th wrinkle here is NFL trades. They are increasing at the, how often they happen. The names are getting bigger. So that's kind of how the NBA was. And even if the free agency class, some of these positions aren't as great, you could definitely trade for some guys. And there's some teams out there that could be completely selling the Titans, the Bucks, these type of teams that have some dudes available that we have not talked about. The Rams. The Rams. Jalen Ramsey, if you've ever heard of him. Hey, keep your eye out. That's all yeah. I'll say. And we already saw the Ravens trade their third safety to the New York Jets for, I think, a conditional seventh-round pick. Um, the Jets are one of these teams that are obviously trying to fill in some pieces. Uh, I think he's going to cost about 2 to $3 million for them this upcoming season rather than go out and sign a contract to a player. They get their guy by just trading these conditionals. I bet we see a number of that happening over the next week and just shout out quickly. I forgot to mention the offensive line, Isaiah Wynn. I know that Patriots fans hate him, but he started his season really well, obviously worked with a really good offensive line coach. So I'm not saying anything like he's going to get better if he gets better coaching, but I think something's there just with Andre Dillard. I'm going down with the Isaiah Wynn chip. And so, so you know this from putting these lists together, it's like a blast from the past with like a bunch of these former top end prospects or guys that people fell in love with. And then you see them all the way down these lists, like they're absolute nobodies. Like Nasir Adderley, for example, is like the 15th ranked safety in people's lists. And Clellan Farrell. Really, yeah. yeah, well, Clellan Farrell is another Jeez. story. Jeez. So, 
It's tough, yeah. Uh, I Personally, speaking of Isaiah Wynn, I loved him coming out of Georgia as well. First-round pick. I wanted the Rams to take him. They did not. I believe, if I recall correctly, they traded that pick for Brandon Cooks. Um, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. Is he a left tackle, right tackle? Is he a guard? I honestly have no clue what he is at this point. All right. That's going to do it. Sosa, appreciate you. Let's play the music as we get out of here. Everyone, be sure to go and follow the Underdog NFL News Feed. As soon as something is posted, across the universe. Instead, all you need to do is follow one feed, and it is underdog underscore underscore NFL. That's it. Easy game. Easy game. And we'll be here for a bunch of instant reaction videos, either on Monday when this starts Or if the league wants to drop the hammer and say, hey, you have to wait till Wednesday now, like they reminded people today, then we'll be here on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for the channel. We'll see you all then. For Hayden, I'm Josh. That's Sosa. Up the bill. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya.